Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me special guest, Thomas Keenan of Step Up Academy. Now, Thomas, we have a crap ton of mutual friends. We were talking a little bit beforehand. I don't exactly remember how we connected, but we connected Zach Babcock, Chris Whitehead, just the two that pop into my head. But for people that don't know you or what you do, I know you're in the Dallas area like I am. Give us a little bit of your background, what you do. I know you do coaching. You wrote a book called Unfuck Your Business, and you help seven-figured entrepreneurs scale their business. I believe kind of it's a vibe that you have. But give us a little bit more detail on that. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's really it in a nutshell. Um, the longer version of the story is I started my entrepreneurial journey like most kids, you know, lemonade stand and newspapers and all that kind of crap and car detailing. And I'm from New York, so shoveling <laughs> snow is a deal. Yep. Uh, I got involved in the automotive industry real heavily and fell in love with car audio. And I, I turned that into a career for 20 plus years uh, in a couple of different like niche down verticals inside the the 12 volt automotive space. And for those people, um, 12 volt is basically like, like the voltage that cars run on for the most part, unless it's a new electrical vehicle. Uh, but I, I fell in love with it, man. And um, I just wanted to be the guy who was in the back turning wrenches and building cool shit. Mm-hmm. I, I did that for a long time. And I started my first business. I was 21. Uh, I was working for a dude for a while at, at a, a basically a good shop in my local area, a town over from where I grew up. We were working for big name people, doing fancy projects, fancy cars. Like it was, it was. I was living the life for a 21 year old who was yep, in love with yep. cars, and got to a point where I felt that the the owner of the company wouldn't allow me to kind of evolve into the installer that I I knew I could become. And at this point in time, I've already been to trade school. I've been paying my way through to learn from the best in the world. And there was another training that came up and I decided, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for this training, but I want to ask this dude if he's going to help supplement some of the the payment for it. Is it listen, I'm, I'm 21 years old. Yeah. I'm making like $700 a week, if that. And this is a $6,000 training I'm about to send myself to plus travel. Mm-hmm. I got to go down to uh, Daytona Beach, Florida for it. And the guy looked at me and basically said, no, I don't think so. You don't need that. And the way that I work is that when I put my mind to something and Mm -hmm. and I've already decided I'm going to do it. Yeah. Good luck stopping me. (laughs) So I went, I did this training and when I, and there, we started butting heads at this point. I've been there about three years so two and a half years. So uh, it gets to the point where I get back from this training and I'm there, I'm back about a week. And he asked me to start a project for him that requires the skill set that I just went and paid for. Mm-hmm. And it really rubbed me the wrong way. And being young and dumb and of that age, you know, we probably aren't as um, well-spoken, well-mannered yeah. yep. as we are today, as in our grayer days, we'll call yep. it. <laughs> so um, I burned a bridge. I burned it hard. And at the same point in time, I don't regret it. However, I wouldn't handle the situation like I did now. Uh, but what it did was it kickstarted me into entrepreneurship as a business owner for myself for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, hell with this guy. I mean, I could, I could do it just as good as him. The problem with that was I was thinking from the technician's perspective. Yeah. 
I can out install yeah. this guy. I can run circles around this guy when it comes to installing the product in the car. The whole piece of, and that's, I got to be very clear for people here who are listening, especially those who are trying to get to 150K. Doing the work is 20% of the overall equation, in my opinion. Yep. The other 80% of the equation, I hadn't a clue. And that that actually comes into managing and operating a small business. So I start this business up at 21 years of age. I had $300 cash in my pocket. Started working out of my mom's driveway. The mom's driveway turned into renting space out of a body shop. A year later, I had my own my own spot. And at the end of the day, I wound up lasting five years in that company. And I, I wound up literally burning it to the ground because mm-hmm. I went in with just a technician's mindset and not that one of, of a business owner, of a leader, of, a, of an entrepreneur, of a manager of people. Because essentially, you got to learn to manage people. Yeah. And I lasted five years because that's all I could personally withstand. I couldn't do any more of it myself. And I was, at the time, I had a problem with perfectionism. I think a lot of people do too, especially people coming from the trades. Like you want to, you want to be absolutely perfect in the things you do, especially the kind of work I was doing. It was very um, visual. You know, you think audio for car stereos. Yeah, sure. But the custom fab work that we were doing mm-hmm. had a visual appeal to it as well. So things had to be perfect. And I let that perfection kind of take over a lot of areas of my life and I wouldn't allow other people in to help me. And it wasn't until many, many, many years later where I kind of, began to over overcome those issues. But through this, I crash and burn the business. I'm five years into it. I go back and work for someone else for three years, get back on my feet financially, learn yep. a little bit more about life and business, you know, a little more education from, from the real world, uh, put some more money in my pocket, wind up getting married and started my second business. And I had a partner in that company. And we started doing car stereo work at first. And then it transitioned into GPS tracking and dash cameras and commercial vehicles, fleet vehicles. Nice. Um, yeah, it, w- it was cool. I didn't love it from day one, but I was, I saw the opportunity and started doing things. Cool. My wife comes to me five years. So, so for the first five years of that business, him and I, because we had both crashed and burned our own businesses separately, him and I went in and made every mistake over again that you could possibly think of. Yep. We did all the work ourselves. And it got to the point finally where, we started kind of pulling our heads out of our butts and saying, all right, well, what, what does this look like? How do we make this better? There's opportunity here and we can't capitalize on it if it's just me and you. And I wound up going out and hiring a couple of coaches mm-hmm. and learning from them. And they opened my eyes to a lot of new things and perspectives and ways to do things. And, and hey, in order to grow this thing, you're going to have to get out of your own way. And that's going to be a lot of that's going to be you giving up on that perfectionism. And that's OK. Um, but a lot of money, a lot of time invested into growing me. And I'm still a firm believer of this to this very day. A leader can only lead their company as far as they've self-developed themselves. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That was it, man. Like diving in deep for the longest time. And it's funny. You mentioned Zach Babcock. You mentioned Chris Whitehead, who've been guests on this show before. They're both good friends of mine. Um, I, I, I've done business with Zach countless times back and forth where he's hired me. I've hired him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He, he's the guy who put together my podcast, step it up entrepreneur and nice. operational yep. like branding for me. Uh, Chris Whitehead is one of my dearest friends, you know, and, um, yeah, well, Chris has not been on yet. He's actually, we've been talking, we're going to get him on, but mm-hmm. I know Chris, like we've talked. So oh, just good. full disclosure, that episode will be coming. We just yeah. have not locked down dates yet. Your, your guests are in for a treat when Chris comes on for sure. He's yeah. uh he's a solid dude. Or for real. 
Uh, but I, I mentioned those two dudes, right? And even you, if I hadn't gone down the path of self-development and working on me, I would not have built the network of people around me that I have today. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you probably are in the same boat as I am. Whatever life throws at you, whether it's personal or business, and, and I'm talking problems because that's usually how it comes. Yep. Whatever problem is thrown at you, there's somebody in your Rolodex. And, and if, if the listeners here don't know what a Rolodex is, just make believe it's your contact list in your, your smartphone. <laughs> Dating myself here. Um, <laughs> but you got this Rolodex of people who, who, who can literally help you solve any of these problems because they're experts in their field. You got an expert mm -hmm. in marketing, you got an expert in, you know, uh, VoIP phone systems. You got the expert in in fractional CFO work, or you got the expert in leadership like Chris. You got the podcast launch expert like Zach Babcock, right? Yep. And you start yep. building this Rolodex of people, and it's like, oh shit, life just threw a problem at me. And it's not like, hey, how do I go solve this problem myself? But who in my network has done this before? And let me go have a, a conversation with them. And mm -hmm. if I've if I've done it properly. I've given enough value to them where they have no problem hopping on a 15, 20 minute phone call with me and reciprocating. Yeah, 100%. Now, I may like have to I, hire yeah. them to go further than that, right? Mm -hmm. But they may at least give me enough insight to get the ball rolling and kickstarted in me overcoming that hurdle. Yeah, the podcast has done that for me greatly. Like I'm looking at my, from, I've been doing this for two years now and the level of networking and people that I have on my list, people would pay me money for some of the cell phones I have. Will I give it to yeah. them? No, because that relationship is established. But yeah, you always want to have people that would do it. Like funny story, you mentioned Zach. He did a post in his group. If you do 15, I'll come on your show. I hadn't done any. So I was like, shit, I'll do 15. They sucked. Some of them were bad and I got better as it went along. But my first 15 was he just threw out a challenge and I'm a salesperson and I'm that type of person. So I'm like, I can do 15 and now we're here. I just dropped episode 123. You'll probably be episode 130 in that range. And it's just those networks make sense. You mentioned something that I really liked. And I think mm -hmm. sales professionals and business owners, entrepreneurs do this. In the beginning, we just try to do it ourselves. We just try to get mm -hmm. it. We fall into traps. We mess up. But then you said, eventually, and it took you a while. It took me a while, too. You realized, I need help. And you found someone or a coach that would be willing to help you. How... um. How do you pick a good coach? Because that that's that's something that in this space right now, there's a lot of people that are flashy and do stuff. And I have my thoughts on it, but I want to know what would you say are requirements for you to 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 let someone coach you? Yeah. So I got one, two, two solid things. Um, if anyone's read my book, I'm big on core values. So I'm always assessing core values before I get into any relationship with anybody, right? Um, so in order to do that, you got to get clear upon your own core values first and figure out what they are, document them, put them down, memorize them, and they become you, you become them kind of deal. Yep. Um, and then that could be a whole podcast in and of itself, that topic, right? And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole too deep. But the other piece of the equation for me is, okay, is their core value alignment, right? Cool. Mm -hmm. Is this person a good person or are they a shit bag, right? And that's yep. where the core values help you determine if that's the case or not. And the most important part, in my opinion, is, has this person who I'm thinking about hiring accomplished what I'm looking to hire? 100%. So what winds up happening is a lot of people come into, oh, I need a coach, I need a mentor, I need, you know, I want to join a mastermind. And they're looking for this very broad solution to what's going on in their life, their business, um, personal, professional, all that crap. And you got to start looking at like, okay, um, take, take like Tom Brady, for instance, or a professional athlete, right? 
those dudes have countless coaches in their lives. Mm-hmm. They have very specific coaches for very specific needs. So the the deeper I've gone into this, the more involved I've gone, I've started to say, okay, hmm, this is kind of like an email marketing list. I have to segment the list and I need a coach specifically for this. I need a coach specifically for this. I need a coach specifically for this. So I, I've, I've hired marketing coaches. I've hired mm-hmm. podcast coaches like Zach. I've hired leadership coaches. I, I have a, a fitness coach trainer who I work yep. with five days a week. Right. So I have these coaches in all these different areas of my life. And if you actually looked at them collectively, there's a couple of them that make a ton of money, mm-hmm. not all of them. And I'm totally fine with that too. And, you know, from a coach's perspective too, one thing that I learned is, uh, and, and, and it's the word I'm looking for here. Um, imposter syndrome, imposter yep. syndrome is a real thing happens to a lot of people. And even coaches at a high level deal with it, myself included. I'm not, I'm not immune to that shit. Mm-hmm. Imposter syndrome has popped up for me on a couple of occasions where I've had someone reach out to me and I begin coaching them. And I'm like, dude, this person's a baller. They, they make 10 times what I make in a year. Like, why mm-hmm. am I coaching them? And then I have to yep. remind myself like, oh, it's not about the money. It's because I've already accomplished something that they haven't accomplished. Yep. yep. Right. And and I think that's super important. People need to look out for in the in the coaching mastermind space. It's not, and, and this is, it's a part of it, right? And I I think that I'm not against Lambos in 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 private jets and mm-hmm. fancy cars, yeah. right? Yep. Cool shit, dude. And I've been involved with it. I love it. Um, that's not the end all be all. That no. shouldn't be the determining factor to say, hey, that's the guy I want to coach me, or that's the the crew I want to get involved, and in. that's the mastermind I want to join. Um, it, it's shiny, man. It looks cool. Yep. It's attractive. It's internet marketing at its finest. Uh, but at the end of the day, does that, does that deliver the results that I am looking for? And only, you know, the exact results that you're looking for, because it's, it's very individual to you. So mm-hmm. that's, that's just my take on it. No, no, I agree with you. So like I've hired different coaches, I've done different coaches. And you mentioned that imposter syndrome and my wife actually helped me with this. She goes, What's simple to you is not simple to them. And if you have a skill set, so like I do sales coaching, that's what I've been doing for 18 years. Like I've been in sales for 18 years. I'm really good at that. But I'm not going to go and try and tell someone how to do SEO or something that I don't know. You want to find those those people. But yeah, I look for people that are genuine, heart-centered. Again, we we're, we align. We got to align. I don't want to deal with the dirtbag, the douchebag. I'm in the sales world. I deal with enough of them. I don't want to deal with that. They have to have the same core value as I do. Secondly, can they help me with that skill set? That's it. Like, I don't care if they're just starting out, if they're really, really good at it and they have a track record or if they've been in it for years. I think a lot of times people get caught up in the flashy. Well, you can go – I could go rent a Lambo today. It doesn't mean that I can afford the payments on it, you know? Life by design, figure out what it is for you. So as we talk about this more, because you are a coach and you 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 do business coaching, correct? Or what what is your skill set for coaching? Let me ask you that. So I'll dive in a bit deeper here for the listeners, right? And, and I'm just an open, transparent kind of guy. I say it how it is and I, I shoot it straight. It's, it's one of the things I've always done. I'm known for backend operations, right? If, if you follow me on Instagram, um, at the integrator coach, Anybody's read Rocket Fuel Attraction by Gino Wickman, like he talks heavily about the visionary versus the integrator. And I've always come back and scored higher as an integrator than a visionary. And basically what that means is I'm my natural ability lies in putting together the backend systems that help bring the company's vision to reality. So let the visionary come in there and say, hey, team, I got this wild idea. 
We're making a million bucks a year right now. In five years, we're going to be at $50 million. This is when we have to get there. And this is kind of what I'm thinking about and how to do it. Awesome. That's all I need to know. I need to know where we are and where we're going. Yep. Right. And if I, if I have that, I can then go build the pieces. So it's, it's a reverse engineered process. We go to the very end and we, we back, we backfill it until we get, we, we get it done and get it accomplished. Yeah. And, and a lot of it has to do with breaking it down in a project management style structure. Um, it encompasses the whole business though. So, you know, like, yeah, you're the sales coach, right? And mm-hmm. can I sell? Of course I can. I'm a business owner. If you, if, yeah. if you don't think you're if, a business, uh, if you don't think you're in sales and you're a business owner, you're lying to yourself. 100%. Right. But I'm not, I'm not here to say, Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sales coach. It's not what I do. Can I can I brush over it and give you some good structure and good ideas mm-hmm. on it? Sure, I can because I've run sales teams before. Um, but it's is looking at the whole business in itself from a thirty thousand foot view. What do we have in place for HR? What do we have in place for marketing? What do we have in place for for uh, finances? You know, mm-hmm. do do we have a bookkeeper? Do we have a fractional CFO? Do we have a, a third party accountant who's in place taking care of the stuff? You know, who's who's entering the data into QuickBooks and making sure that we have accurate P and Ls and balance sheets at any point in time? Right. And these are the little things that most startups, right, especially those who are trying to get to the 150K mark, are like, hey, I've got to go and do all of that for myself. And you know what? You may be right at first, but there comes a point in time where your actual time is worth Mm -hmm. a hell of a lot more money per hour than you sitting there and entering data into a computer. Yep. Yep. So that's a lot of the stuff that I work real close with my clients Performing time studies is one of the first things I put all my clients through. Hey, this is going to suck. It's two weeks long. We're going to perform a time study. You're going to document every single thing you do in 15 minute increments. And you're going to say, oh my God, I can't believe how much time I waste and where I waste it. Yeah. No, I love that. We start breaking that down and saying, hey, this is, this is where you need help. This is, this is the next person we need to bring onto your team so we can backfill some of that stuff for you. Let's go help, help you design the hiring process. Once the hiring process comes in place, what's the onboarding process look like, right? So what I'm real big on experience, right? And, and a lot of people are like, oh, you know, client experience, customer experience. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. But what does the experience look like for your internal team members too? Because mm-hmm. if you're not taking care of them, they're not going to take care of people, your clients. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. That's, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of what we cover. It's a lot of backend systems. It's what's the software stack in the company right now. You know, how do we make this better? How do we make it flow better? How do we connect this to this? How do we make sure this department's talking to that department? Excuse me, that department. Um, and that's that's the sexy part of the coaching that I do. And that's mm-hmm. that's what my marketing leads with, right? And I don't know how involved you get with your clients in the coaching that you do, but here's what always happens. And I'm, I'm glad you got Chris Whitehead coming on here in, in a future episode too, because he'll concur with what I'm about to tell you. And I've, I've done a lot of coaching with Chris, like side by side with him. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, he was one of my coaching clients for over a year. Nice. Uh, yeah. So here's what happens. People come into you and they say, hey, I need help with my business. I'm stuck at 100K a month and I need to get to 500K a month. Or I'm stuck at 100K for the year and I want to get to 150K for the year. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. You start having these conversations with these people and you realize, yeah, cool. There's definitely some stuff that's broken in the business that we can fix. There's definitely some, some systems and processes and tools and crap that we can implement and, and smooth things out. But at the end of the day, and this goes back to what I said before, if I don't help fix the person, elevate the person, they're not going to be able yep. to operate the new system I help them build. 100%. So 
what winds up happening is during these conversations, we typically get into the much more personal element of of life. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to use the word life coaching because that's not what I do. Yeah. Um, there's people for that. That ain't me. But mm-hmm. I I have no problem touching on everything that's going on in my client's life at that point in time. Right. As a 43-year-old male, I've had some experiences in my life, some amazing and some absolutely horrendous. Right. So I, I try to take that and and the crap that I've been through and use that experience to help give my clients some perspective as well. Um here's one of the things that I typically I try not to tell my clients what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think this is, this is the difference between, you know, oh, I just went and took this online course versus hiring a really good coach. The coach is going to ask you questions and those questions are going to be leading questions quite intentionally that lead you to discover the answer for yourself. And it's very important that it's, that it's done that way. And here's why. When you discover it for yourself, you're going to buy into it 100x versus if I tell you, hey, Joe, this is what you got to go do. This is how it has to happen. 100%. Yes. When you figure it out for yourself and say, bro, no, I, it's it became the best thing since sliced bread. It's your idea. Right? Yep. So that's that's tremendous, man. And and it the key to that, though, and you know this well, it takes time. Mm-hmm. You you sometimes have to plant seeds with your clients and say, hey, look, you can't be too direct. It's like, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Let's go down and explore in this area. And you have to let them stumble upon it themselves. And when they do, man, like just get the hell out of the way and let them go to work. And it, it yeah. it's amazing to watch happen. Well, you hit so much gold nugget there. So like, here's the funny thing you're saying. Yeah, my tool belt is sales. Like I understand sales. I go and customize sales systems. That's my world. But when I get talking to people with coaching, a lot of times it's you have to help the person level up to be able to keep the capacity. Agree with that 100%. The other thing you said that was very interesting was you don't – a lot of people think a coach just tells you what to do. No, you open-ended questions. You ask them questions to get them thinking about so when it becomes their decision, they're going to run with it like you said. And I think that's so key because I think a lot of times people think that a coach is just directing and telling them what to do. But in reality, in this space, it's not. Because I love I love your role because most everyone wants to be that I know of entrepreneur-wise wants to be the visionary. But without the integrator like you, nothing gets done. Like nothing gets done. And then we just have a big fuzzy dream. So that's huge. That's huge to have someone. So especially a lot of you that are starting out right now, whether you're in sales or starting your business, you need an integrator. You need someone that can look at your stuff and fix your shit, for lack of better terms, and say, hey, switch this, do that. No, I love that. I just wanted to summarize kind of what I was hearing you say because, like, it was hitting home. And definitely, 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 yeah, you you have to work on the person before you do anything else. Strategy and tactics are great, but relationships beat everything else. Oh, totally, dude. You know, it's it's part of the process for us. We, We bring on a new client. They come in, start working with us. Uh, we're not the cheapest game in town, and it's quite intentional. Uh, not for everybody, right? Um, but usually the first call, and and when we do one-to-one coaching with clients, it's it's a bi-weekly call. So every two weeks, we have a one-hour long Zoom call. And the first week is like, hey, this is how this works. This is what you can expect. And and that's, that's 10, 15 minutes worth of time on the call, right? Um, the rest of that call is getting to know that person as another human. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, cool. I, I, I got the, the the rundown of your business when we did your initial sales call to get you in here. 
right? I know what's going on. I know the size of your team. I know what your pain points are. We covered all that already. Yep. I want to get to know you on the next, within the next, you know, let's call it 45, 50 minutes. Tell me, tell me what's going on. Like, where do you live? What kind of car do you drive? What are you into? What do you do when you're not working? Or are you a complete workaholic like some of us? Uh, are you married? Do you have kids? What are your kids' names? When you like, I want those kind of details so I can build a real relationship with my clients. Mm-hmm. You know, here's here's one of my problems with the coaching and mastermind space right now. And I'm sure you've seen this yourself. A lot of guys want to build this massive program, bring a lot of people in. They want to collect the money. And they don't give a rat's ass about the person on the back end, meaning the client. Yeah. Yep. I got a problem with that personally, right? Me too. If someone's coming in and spending thousands of dollars with me a month, I need to ensure that we take care of that person from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm a big firm believer. There's a company called Train You. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They've, they've got a uh, trademark process. And, and I didn't make this up. This is, this is their terminology, but I've implemented it and rolled it out in several companies and watched them grow and scale rapidly. The process is do it, document, delegate, right? So right now in my company, I'm in that stage where I have to go and do this myself so I get a good understanding of what's needed, design and develop the initial process, document it, right? This is this is like, you know, training videos, SOPs, all the fun stuff that no one wants to do. Yep. Okay. And then from there, once I have that documentation done, I can delegate it to someone else on the team, right? So do it, document, delegate. If you implement that game plan right there, and it sounds simple because it really is, mm-hmm. if you implement that game plan right there, I'm telling you, you can grow any company, any company. You, obviously, there's, there's other factors and contributing shit that's going to happen. But if you follow that methodology, you can 100% grow and scale any company. Yeah, well, that sounds like extreme ownership or extreme leadership you do with it then you document how you do it and now you can delegate it because you're not just telling them you went through the process you've shown them that you can do the process and now it's laid out for them so they're empowered and they're not like oh great tom is giving me what he doesn't want to do yeah no i love that a lot there's a key piece to it as well that i've learned over the years and i'm sure you've hired some third-party people to come help your company at some point in time and oftentimes I should say often, that's, that's a bad word to use. Sometimes we make the wrong choice and it, it's just, it's a dud. Uh-huh. It's not a good fit. Um, what I find is when you actually go in and, and learn how to do some of the stuff yourself, like for instance, SEO, I'm not an SEO expert whatsoever. However, I know some of the terminology that's used in that space. Uh-huh. I can speak intelligently with other people in that space because I've been around it long enough. Yeah, And that that right there was me doing enough of it, a little bit here, a little bit there, learning the basics, right? So now when I do bring somebody on to run SEO for my company, I can tell if they're, if they're going to BS me or not. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's important. That's a key factor. So I got to go in and understand the basics of this so I, I, can, I can also tell if someone's going to come over here and try and bullshit me. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I think you need that. And I do want to circle back to this because you hit a key point that really resonates with me. I know a bunch of masterminds and a bunch of groups. And my rule is if they're just trying to be transactional, I won't be a part of it. So you and I are connecting even better on that because I know this is our first time getting to really actually dig deep and kind of talk. And I much respect for that because I've been in groups where it's been transactional. I've been in groups where it's very heart-centered or take care of your person. Um, I think that's huge. I just wanted to reiterate that and say thank you because a lot of people in this space aren't that way. So when you find the right person that is – that's key. 
Yeah. Now it's super important. And, and, um, it's hard to convey that kind of stuff out to your team, right? Cause your team gets so busy in completing the tasks and, and like getting all the stuff done. Hey, we got a deadline to get this project done. It's gotta be done by these dates. And as a leader, from my perspective, it's important to say to your team sometimes like, cool, like the due dates, the due date. But you know, like for instance, I had a client who had uh, uh, some major oral surgery yesterday. So cool. I knew it was going on. I saw the Facebook post also, right? Because yep. I keep tabs on my clients, right? I've, I follow them when they don't think I'm following them. So yeah, I do that for lead generation, but I also do that when you become a client. I want to keep tabs on you, make sure you're good. Mm-hmm. And that's me being proactive in the relationship. So this morning I saw, cool, this person's doing okay. But I made sure that I went and sent a text message to that person as well and said, hey, I saw that you went through your stuff yesterday. This is me checking in. I do not expect a reply from you because I know you're probably in pain and healing today. So this is just me reaching out. Don't feel obligated to reply. If you need something to know when you're feeling better, hit me up. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Like that's that's the little kind of touch there that I need to convey as a leader to my team and say, hey, forget the due dates and the tests and, the, and that crap. Make sure you're a human being first. Yeah. Right? When yep. you see somebody on, especially someone who's a paying client, who comes into our ecosystem is now part of our tribe, right? Mm-hmm. You make sure you check in on those people on a regular basis. And it, it isn't always, oh, this is the next level of the program. Come buy our shit. No, no. What you said and what you did there is key. And that's how I built a lot of relationships is just reaching out and that human touch. And I think it's also key because AI is really big right now. What you do there will separate you and beat any little cute AI program out there. I'm not anti-AI. I think it's a good tool, but just that key right there, if people could apply that to their business, you can go deep. You might not be able to beat people on width, but you can always beat them on depth if you take care of your clients. No, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, but you said something else here. You actually care about your clients. You want to make sure that they meet their goals, their needs, their stuff. That's another separating factor. So we talked a little bit about coaching and all that type of stuff. You're a very successful person, very driven person. I'm figuring probably type A, going to go conquer the mountains. Do you have like a daily routine or practice that you do? Or are you more like Hamosi where you're like, I'm just going to do what works to get done? What, what, what flavor are you? I don't think you was wrong. Um, I think it was just different. I thrive in structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like structure, but I thrive in it. Therefore, I stay structured. Yep. And I, I probably went through 36 and 37, maybe 38 years of my life without structure. And I got I got stuff done. I mean, I, I accomplished things, right? But it wasn't until I got really dialed in with the structure where things started to pop off in a good way. And to me, the, the most important part with structure is also figuring out that you need to be completely selfish. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's not a derogatory term if mm-hmm. used properly, in my opinion. Yeah. Selfish for me, and I'll, I'll just rip out my morning routine here real quick because I think it's important that people know. Uh, and if you want a good book on the morning routine, go go read The Miracle Morning. Uh, I forget yep, the great name, book. but I, I read it years ago and I was like, oh, cool, that's some cool stuff. And I picked pieces of it and started rolling it into mine. Um, so the structure is the morning routine and without the structure, I'm kind of like this wet fish is just flopping all over the place. So, okay, cool. What does that structure look like? And and what I'm about to tell you, like, I live and die by the calendar at this point. If it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist or I don't care about it. Yep. It took me a solid three years to get that way. Once I started implementing this. 
So don't expect to like, you know, wake up tomorrow morning and all of a sudden this is magical and it's, it's you know, your life's changed. Uh-uh, it doesn't work that way. This is going to be a, it's, if anybody follows me on social media before I get into this, I often sign off my posts with Small Steps Forward Daily. This is one of the main reasons why. You're not making this change overnight. It's not happening that way. You're not going to be the overnight success. This shit ain't real. Like you have to slowly implement this and change. What winds up happening is you wind up changing your whole being, your whole mindset around this. So let's dive in. Five o'clock is a wake up time for me. It's set in my phone. It's automated Monday through Friday. That sucker's going off at 5 a.m. Some days it goes off and I say, oh, shit. Some days I wake up for it. Regardless, I'm still up around 5 to 5.10 every morning. I get up, I go in the shower. I'm a weirdo who actually showers before I go to the gym. <laughs> hey, whatever you need to do. <laughs> and, yeah, so it's, it's, it's part of my routine because what it does is it actually wakes me up and loosens my body, mm -hmm. right? So from there, I go into the, the kitchen. I hit a protein shake, cup of coffee, and I drive to the gym. Once I get to the gym, I work out for an hour, hour and a half, whatever my torturous trainer wants to provide me that day. Uh, I, I drive home from there. I get back home. I eat again um, and clean up and shower. At that point, I have time. I don't start my actual work day until 10 a.m. Mm -hmm. I'm up at five, but I don't actually start my calls with clients or my team until 10 a.m. And my calendar is blocked off that way quite intentionally. That gives me five hours in the morning to do what I need to do for me. That's, That's the selfish part of it. Yeah. So, so by 10 o'clock, I've already won my day. I've yep. already won. I've already gone to the gym. I've already read. I've already taken care of myself. Hygiene wise. I've, I've fueled my body, fed my body. I spent some time with the wife and the kids. I spent some time petting the dog. Like all of the, those boxes are checked off at that point in time and I'm good to go. So whatever happens now come 10 o'clock, like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's stressful. Maybe it's some bad news. I still won the day. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that right there was a game changer for me. And a lot of it has to do with health and fitness for me. I spent most of my life being overweight and out of shape and not in a healthy way whatsoever. Like I, I've been a big guy my whole life. I'm six foot four. And mm -hmm. I, this morning I weighed in 266 pounds. Okay. Um, I've been six foot four and 315 pounds. Oh, wow. So right. you're doing good. So, wow. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm doing all right, but um, it's funny. I'll give you a quick story here. Uh, I was in a gym yeah, a week ago or so. And uh, one of the trainers was there. And he's, he's training this dude. And this is a small gym my, my friend owns. It's, it's maybe, you know, 20, 30 people in there. Dude comes over and he points at me and he says to the trainer, how long do I look like that guy? So the trainer comes over to me and he's like, uh, Tom, how long have you, you been at this? And I started thinking about it. And I was about to say three years. And I was like, oh, shit, it hasn't been three years. It's more like five, almost six years. Mm-hmm. So the version of me that you see today, going back to Small Steps Forward Daily, is something that has been put together over many years of me just showing up consistently and doing the shit that I, I absolutely wanted nothing to do with. Mm -hmm. yep. when, again, this goes back to the selfishness too. And here's, here's the big kicker. When I started getting selfish, when I started dialing me in, when I started dialing in the morning routine, when I started spending intentional time with the, those I care for, that right there is what helped propel me in the business aspect as well. Mm -hmm. so business was good prior, but business got really good when I started taking care of me. 
No, I love that. Like we're similar in some regards. So like I get up at four 30 because my gym that I go to is a kickboxing strength training gym. So yeah. I have to be there by five o'clock because it starts at five fifteen. I got to drive there. Yeah. But that selfish time is actually not selfish. It's self worth. It's self love. It's self building because especially as men and drivers, we're always wanting that we got to go do the next thing, but we don't actually slow down and spend time with ourselves. I think that's a big key that people miss. And then the other thing, success is boring. It's doing the right things over and over again, knowing the end process, but doing them consistently over time. Like when I talk to people about training and sales, the work you do now doesn't show up next week, shows up three to six months from now. So you had to build that whole pattern up. Um, no, I like that a lot, Thomas. I think that's Another big key that people always think, oh, you're Thomas, you're an overnight success. You've been in this game for 43 years. You've been in business for over 25 to 30 years. And the, like you said, that 1% better each day, that, that's huge. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's a big mindset shift and it's, it's just a way of life at this point. Like there's, and here's the thing, man, the further you go into it, the more you realize like, oh, there's no going back. I was, I was having a, I was having a talk with my trainer uh, earlier today, and, and he he's Mark. He's actually one of the coaches on my team too, which is awesome. Right? So we do a lot of business together. Great human, I love him to death. And we were talking about showing up in the gym, and we were we were kind of comparing that to showing up on social media, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of people get used by social media. You just show up and you consume the content. There's a pivot. There's a shift when you start using social media in in an intentional manner, right? Like you and I do. Mm-hmm. And that's showing up and that's that's being active and intentionally posting specific things in a very specific manner to basically put out a message, attract like-minded individuals and turn it into business, right? There's no yep. secret there. But basically what he was saying, and I was agreeing with him, is like when you start in the gym and you go down this, this fitness journey, a lot of people start it and they stop because ah, I'm not seeing the results. Like you start, you don't stop. You yeah. still show up and do the boring shit every day. And the same thing applies to social media, right? Whether I want to or not, I'm going to show up and I'm going to post something on social media today. And oftentimes it's not because, oh, this is for me. Like at the end of the day, yeah, it is. What ends up happening is, and you've probably experienced this a lot too. And I know, I know I have for a fact. You don't realize who you're positively impacting out, outside in the outside world. Like you don't mm-hmm. realize who's actually watching and paying attention to you on social media. Yeah. And, um, when you don't show up, you're actually letting those people down too. So to me, it's like, oh, I have an obligation to show up and perform, right? In order for these people to get the message that they need to hear today to probably get through their day. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's a duty and obligation to do so. Yeah, well, and then it becomes a shift because you're not a consumer anymore. You're a producer. You're doing the content. You're helping the people that you're doing it. And then you get into the DMs with them or you get into the comments and you build that community and that family. Success is simple. It's just most people don't like it because it's not flashy. It's not sexy. It's not crazy cool. But if you do it, you can make a lot of money and do a lot of things and help a lot of people. We literally just gave you a very easy, simple key there that 90% of you will miss and will have to call us and hire us to help you get. That's fine too. (laughs) Which is great. I'm good with it. But it's funny because it took me years. Like I was in sales for 18 years. Well, for about 16 years. And I was like hitting all the trips, doing all the things. I'm like, what am I going to do now? We've gone to Hawaii three times. I've gone to Disney with the kids. I've done all this stuff. And I was like, I want to help other people. And that shift happened. 
What made you shift? Because you were a successful business owner. And as we wind this up, what made you shift from running your own business to wanting to help and empower other people? Great question. So I started coaching. Um, I, one of the last uh, interactions I had with, uh, I got a couple coaches now, but I hired a coach for a very specific reason to help me get into the online course building space, teach me how to build a community, uh, teach me how to go out and interact with those people, leveraging social media. So dude lays out the game plan and I was like, all right, cool. I get it. And I started doing so. And I, st I started in a very deep niche and I was like, okay, cool. I'm in the 12 volt space. And so follow this niche for a second. I'm in the automotive niche. From the automotive niche, I'm in the 12 volt space. From the 12 volt space, I'm in the GPS tracking space. Like we are deep into this niche. Deep. Yep. Real deep. Um, so like, all right, cool. I see a lot of need for the guys in my industry. They need, they need help. They need some of the, the mindset work, some of the skill set that I've had to develop over the past couple of years. And they also, being in such a deep niche, in the, like for instance, in the GPS tracking world, we're working on the latest, greatest, newest trucks that come out. And oftentimes we don't have instruction manuals on how to put aftermarket shit into them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So uh, let, let's just give you a, a quick example. Uh, 2023 Freightliner box truck comes out. It's the newest one. Some guy in, in, in West Texas goes out to a job site and sees one for the first time and has to put a dash camera in it. And he says to himself, well, shit, I don't know where to find power to connect to. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like, hey, what if we built a community for this that was a resource for the installers in this industry where they can go in and share information with each other in almost real time and help each other? <clears throat> so I put this Facebook group together, still active today. It's called GPS Tracking Installers. You got to be in the industry to get in, right? There's an application process to all nine yards. So I, I, I say that because I built this Facebook group. And what I started doing, I mentioned before I'm transparent, right? So what I started doing was I would go live in this Facebook group at least once a week. And I would literally open the playbook of my GPS tracking installation company. And I would say, hey, this is the newest software we rolled out. This is the newest system we developed. This is how we're hiring technicians right now. I would literally show other installers across the country exactly what we were doing and how we were doing it, what made us successful. And I got pushback from a lot of people who like, dude, you're crazy. You're showing everyone like all the stuff that's going on. And I have other people who are like, dude, this is awesome. Thank you so much. So a couple of things started happening here. The praises that I got from people started hitting me, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the, the endorphins and, and that kind of stuff were hitting. It was like, this is making me feel good inside. I feel fulfilled when I help other people. Yep. That's a hint right there. Yep. And the other piece of it was, and this is what I realized, there's such a scarcity mindset out there, right? So let's say I got 100 people on the Facebook live video and I'm showing them a backend CRM that we just rolled out or how we're doing something, whatever it is. is And I show them exactly how to do it. Of the 100 people that watch that video, 10 people are going to take action. Mm -hmm. The 10 people who take action, maybe one of them homeboys is going to finish. Yep. And when, when homeboy does finish, guess what? He's three months to three years behind me. Mm-hmm. What do I have to lose? Like, seriously, what do I have to lose? Yeah. And there's, there's so enough. That was always my I'll, mindset yeah. going into it. Yeah. Yeah. But that right there is how it started. So I started helping other people and it felt really good. And then I had a lot of people slide into my DMs and I was helping them for free. And I had mm -hmm. a, a, a close friend of mine 
who saw some of that going on. He was probably, I, I was probably at a conference or something with him on my computer or phone and like getting back to these people. And he's kind of like looking over me and knows he's like, bro, what are you doing? He, he's a high level coach as well. This dude, he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, I'm helping people. He goes, yeah, for free. And I'm like, what's wrong with that? He's like, look, he goes, you've given a lot of good to the community and the world at this point in your life. A lot, like way more than most people do. He goes, it's time for you to go get what you're worth. And at first I was kind of like, I don't know, like, I don't, can I do that? Like, am I worth it? Like this, all the self-worth yep. stuff and the imposter syndrome is, is back in my life again. And sat on it, thought about it, thought about it, thought about it. And that was, um, I had an opportunity to come into another organization. They asked me to come in as a high level coach. I was like, all right, cool. This is actually, this is actually good because now I can get to see the behind the scenes of an, uh, of an existing organization that's already successful, bringing in big dollars. Let's see how they do it. And it's funny how it happened, man. I got brought into the organization, October, 2019. And here I am. And, I, and in my mind, self-limiting belief, I only have the ability to coach people in a service-based business. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping they're male. All right. Cause I mean, we, we talk like dudes and shop talk and yeah. four letter words yeah. and all that. Right. So I go into this community uh, in, in this, this, uh, this company and they're like, all right, cool. You know, you're coached. We're going to onboard you, get a little bit of training. And the first two clients they assigned to me were both female. Mm -hmm. One was a insurance broker out of Kansas City, and the other one uh, owned an industrial supply company that supplied consumables, cleaning supplies, that kind of stuff to federal prisons, big casinos, and universities such as Harvard University. Nice. So basically, this giant warehouse this lady owns and has this multi-million dollar business. And I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to help these people? Mm -hmm. like, I don't know anything about insurance or the industrial supply industry whatsoever. So, all right, let me, let me just be a good person and show up and we're, we're just going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Start showing up on the calls, start having conversations, deep conversations with people, get to know them as people, right? This is, goes back yep. to what we talked about before. And I soon learn and find out like, oh shit, they got the same problems in their companies that I faced two or three years ago in my company when I was growing and scaling. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily make a difference what industry you're in. At the end of the day, there's certain aspects of business that are the same no matter what you do. So yep. I was able to go in there and successfully help these two women, and that really just that kickstarted things for me. And and fast forward a couple months later, and I have more clients I know what to do with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you you realize that you could give and help, and you had a friend say, "Hey, you know what." It's great you've been giving and helping people, but you need to pay for it. And also the little secret is if people don't pay for it, they don't respect it as much as if they put some skin in the game. And yeah, no, I 100%. agree with that 100%. It's just funny looking at the different businesses I've helped set up different teams from insurance to marketing to different things. The process of pain points change. Maybe their customer's ideal client changes, but it's still that same process. No, I like that a lot. So as we wind this up, I always like to ask this question because it's just a fun little bit of a different question. You can go back in time as far as you want. You can go forward in time as far as you want. You get to go for one year, meet anyone you want, learn what you can from them, and then bring it back here. Where would you go and what would you learn? You get a whole year. I go, I go meet Ben Franklin. Hands down. Easy. I got the dude tattooed on my arm. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> there we um, go. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I go hang out with that cat for sure. So I read, I think it was Walter Isaacson's book on him. It was a biography. 
And I mean, Walter Isaacson, he's just known for writing these big ass thick biographies on well-known people. And it's long and he's like, it's, it's almost too much detail in the books. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did it as an audio book, uh, probably one, one of my last rounds of 75 hard. And I, I just was like, and that's one of the reasons I have it, I have it on me permanently at this point. Uh, Mr. Ben Franklin, I got, I got George Washington on the back of my arm too. I did both nice. of those books, but learned a lot about those dudes and what they stood for. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, what they brought to the table for the country and reading about Ben Franklin. I mean, I, I we know some things about him that we learned growing up in school and going to you know, going to school as kids and whatnot, but there was a lot more to it than I had ever realized. And they talked a lot about uh, uh, junto clubs. They talked a lot about libraries. They talked a lot, and they had these different terms. And as I'm listening to this audiobook, I'm like, holy shit. Like, they used different words back then, but all that was was a mastermind. Mm-hmm. Yep. He got a group of his peers together, and those dudes just started talking about mathematics and science and this and that and the other thing, and they would get together and help each other evolve and grow. So I started hearing a lot of that, and you know, ma- people think like the whole mastermind thing is new, and it's not. Like no, it's been around no. for thousands of years at this point. Yep. So I just thought it was really cool to go in there and and see that you know one of the founding fathers of this country was doing that hundreds of years ago, before it became the cool thing to do. Yeah, no, that so, that's awesome. Um, it, yeah, really unique individual has did a ton in uh, his life. Um, people don't realize it also, but he spent a lot of time living over in France in England, mm-hmm. and like, yeah. more so than he actually spent over here in the U.S. Um, and he's got he's got some darkness to him as well, which I think is intriguing. Um, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. be real. Who does? Because well, he's a real person. It's not like he's just the golden boy. Like he had life, he had issues, he had trials. Yeah, I get that. I get that. No, I like that a lot. You're the first person that's mentioned Ben Franklin. I've had a lot of different people, but I've not had anyone say Ben. That's that's cool. Where can people find you? Real easy. Step it up academy.com. Everything is there. You can find me, you can find copies to my book, you can find copies to other websites and all of it. This is just there. Links to the to the to the podcast. So that's the easiest place to go. Step it up academy.com. Uh, and if you want to, you can connect with me and the team there as well, and we can help you out and have a conversation. Awesome. And I always like to end it this way. What other words of wisdom or anything? I know we touched about a lot of stuff from coaching to success to mindset and all. What other words of wisdom do you want to leave with the audience before we let them go? Hmm. Uh, words of wisdom. That's, geez, we can do a podcast on that alone. <laughs> um, man, I'll tell you this. When you decide to become a better version of you, the people who are currently around you, you're going to ruffle some feathers. And a lot of those people aren't going to understand what your intentions are. They're not going to understand your drive. They're not going to understand your passion. And the harsh reality here is that you're probably going to lose a good chunk of those people in your life. And it is what it is. And I see that holds so many people back. They're like, oh, I'm afraid of losing this person who I care about so much. They care about me. But if you, it's a touchy subject for a lot of people, right? But if you actually go through, a, I have a process. As a matter of fact, let me talk about this real quick and then we'll end. Um, I wrote a blog on it probably two years ago. I call it the stoplight game. This is one of the most brutal exercises anyone will ever do. Okay. I mean, it downright sucks. But I think it's very important for people to do 
in order to elevate themselves, self-develop, and grow beyond where they are right now. Write down a list. doesn't have to be fancy. It could be on a piece of paper. It could be in your phone, whatever you prefer. Write down a list of all of the people who you're in direct contact with, who is, who's in your circle right now, friends, family, colleagues, business associates, all of them. Write them down. And then next to their name, draw a dot or a bubble. It's either red, it's yellow, or it's green. Red means that they're negative 50% of the time or more. Yellow means they're kind of in the middle. And green means that they're positive 50% of the time or more. Mm -hmm. Okay. What you need to do is anyone who comes back with a red dot, you need to intentionally limit time or completely cut time with that person effective immediately. Yeah. So it's tough, man, because when I did this the first time, I had some very close family members pop up on that red dot list. And mm -hmm. it was an eye-opening experience. And I shit. Uh, I had some close friends pop up on that list as well. And there's certain, I'm a firm believer in this, there's certain relationships in life that you can't just cut off and say, hey, see you later, right? Um, but there's, there's, don't, don't want to use the word correct. There's better ways to be intentional about limiting your time with those people. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's that's a key right there, man. Be intentional, write down the list, Figure out where people are in your life currently. And those who hit that red bubble, like you're going to have to hit the brakes and get away from them because those people are literally holding you back from becoming the best version of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we definitely could go another hour just on that topic. That That is huge, and we'll have to have you come back on and, and do that in the future. Thomas, thank you for being on this show. I appreciate it. I, I've loved just getting to know you a little bit better now and uh, definitely a big supporter. For all of you listening, 1% better each day is all you need to do. Do the things that you know that will move your needles for your business, your life, your family, what you're going to do. And until next time, go out and give a little bit of light and help to someone else. Thank you for listening to the 150K Podcast. Remember, your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K Podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.